Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. At Emmaus, the resurrected Jesus walked with disciples so dejected, so sorrowful, that they did not even recognize him. But their hearts were strangely warmed by this passerby. Inviting him to dinner, they found themselves face to face with the one they loved, but never really understood. From the Moody Church in Chicago, this is Running to Win with Dr. Erwin Lutzer, whose clear teaching helps us make it across the finish line. Pastor Lutzer, can today's message help those among us whose dreams have been shattered? Dave, absolutely this message can help those whose dreams have been shattered. For this reason, it's a reminder that the resurrected Christ walks with us. Now, the disciples actually saw him. We don't see him today as they did, but his presence is just as real, just as direct, and just as close. So we can be greatly encouraged. And by the way, my friend, today, of course, as you already know, it is Good Friday. Why do we call it good? After all, it is the death of Jesus Christ, one of the greatest crimes, I would say the greatest crime that has ever been committed in history. But we call it Good Friday for this reason. It's an example of how God can take that which is evil and turn it into something that is good. If I might put it to you this way, it is the convergence of God's purposes. Evil, yes. Good flows from the cross of Jesus Christ. And of course, on Sunday, we're going to be worshiping the risen Christ and being reminded of the fact that it is Friday, as the saying goes, but Sunday is coming. Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 24 as we continue to talk about resurrected dreams. Let's boil this down where we are today so that we can pick our own shattered dreams up off the floor and understand its relevance to us today. First of all, I want us to realize that when Jesus was raised from the dead in that resurrection, he brought every one of our shattered dreams with him. And he took those shattered dreams and he will someday give us their fulfillment. Just like you find that uh, God would not create a fish unless he created water so that the fish would have a place to swim, In the very same way, God would not have created these longings for the eternal, these desires. He would not have given those to us unless there was a place where those desires would be fulfilled. What is your deep desire today? What is your shattered dream? Is it a physical problem? Is it because of the fact that maybe you have been involved in some tragedy, maybe you are suffering from some illness, maybe the doctor came to you and told you things about your body that you thought could only be true of someone else, and you say to yourself, oh, this is the end, I begin to see the end coming, I will never be able to enjoy life again. I want you to know today that when Jesus was raised from the dead, with that resurrection, he gave a promise of health, of beauty, of strength. All that we need to do is to look at how Jesus Christ's body functioned. 
with that tremendous power that we spoke about, the ability to say the word and to go from one place to another. And we shall be like him, the Bible says, for we shall see him as he is, like Christ. You want to know what you're going to look like? Just look at the resurrected Jesus. You'll notice in the text, incidentally, that our resurrection body will have flesh and bones. It says in verse 37, Jesus is speaking, look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. We're not going to be ghosts someday. Aren't you glad for that? (laughs) We're going to have resurrected bodies. In fact, he showed them his hands and his feet, and while they did not, uh, could scarcely believe because of joy and amazement, he says to him, and this will be of great comfort to many of you, is there anything here to eat? And he ate with them, so we will even eat with our resurrection body. Say, I have one great dream, and that is for good food. <laughs> it's coming. Some of you say, my shattered dream is my family. I've been betrayed in relationships. I feel lonely. I feel as if there's a part of me that is missing. You'll notice that Jesus gathers the disciples here and he eats with them as a sign of fellowship. And you remember what he said to Mary. He said, Mary, don't touch me because I'm ascending to my father and to your father and to your God and my God. Think that through. He's saying, Mary, I want you to know from now on, God, of course, is my father, but he's your father too, and that means that you and I are brother and sister. We are now members of the same family. We are brought into the fellowship of believers, and this begins already on this earth and will eventually be completed because one of the things that will happen in heaven is this, that the intimacy that you now enjoy with the nuclear family... Those of you who have good families. That intimacy is now going to be broadened to include all the people of God so that we will have fellowship not only with Jesus Christ but with one another. The deepest longings of the human heart for acceptance and belongingness are met by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You say, oh, Pastor Lutzer, my dream has been shattered. My My dream was to have some wealth and some security. You know what it says about those who are redeemed? It says, he who overcomes, I shall give to him all things. Because we are brothers of Christ, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And every shattered dream will someday be put back together and fulfilled. But there's a second lesson that comes to us, and that is that Jesus does walk with us in our disappointment and our pain. Here along the way to Emmaus, they did not recognize him, but Jesus was there. And after Jesus appeared in Jerusalem, keep in mind that Jesus traveled that distance twice that day, once while he was walking with them, and then a second time where at the split of a second he went from Emmaus to Jerusalem with his glorified body. But mark this well, he was just as much with them on the way back to Jerusalem as he was with them on the way to Emmaus, because the Lord's presence is with us. 
God will never abandon you. He will never leave you alone. He walks with us, but sometimes we don't recognize him. Our eyes are hidden, and we don't know that Jesus is next to us. Remember that old story about the man who was walking along and saw two sets of footprints, and then uh, on a piece he saw only one set of footprints, and those were the footprints that were present when he was going through a tremendous difficulty. And so he said to Jesus, Jesus, you walked by my side, but when I needed you the most, you abandoned me. And Jesus said, no, when you needed me the most, I picked you up and I carried you. He's with his people. Finally, I want to emphasize this, though, that if you do not invite Jesus into your life, he will go on by. You'll notice what the text says. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. And he would have, except for the fact that they constrained him. They said, please stay with us. And so Jesus stayed I want you to know that the blessings that I've been talking about, the shattered dreams that are going to be put back together, is really only a message for those who trust Jesus as Savior, who've invited him into their lives and who've trusted him to be the one to take away their sin. And the reason for that is very obvious, is that God cannot do all of these things for those who are alienated from him, but only for those who've been reconciled to him by the death of the cross. Suffering must precede the glory. First the cross, then the crown. I urge you today, I urge you with all that is within me, to realize that Jesus is the only qualified Savior because no one else is able to shield us from the judgment of God. Like that Passover lamb with blood on our door, the justice and the judgment of God goes on by because we've been accepted by one whom the Father has accepted. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is God's amen to Christ's verdict on the cross. It is finished. It is finished. And he invites you today to believe and to trust him. If we had time, I'd show you in the text of Scripture, it says that Their eyes were opened and they realized his presence. And a little later on, it says in verse 45, he opened their minds that they might understand the scriptures. To understand the presence of Jesus, to understand also the the wonder of his purpose. That belongs to those whose eyes have been opened to believe on him. There are some of you here, God bless you, and you know within your heart that you are one of the ones in whom the Holy Spirit is working, and you are being asked, as it were, by the Spirit to open your life and your heart to Jesus, the only one who can reconcile us to God and give us the return of our shattered dreams. Because I want you to know, and I want to say this very clearly, if you do not trust Christ, Every shattered dream will become a horrid nightmare of misery and unending regret. 
Only Christ, the one who is raised, is qualified to give us our dreams back. A little girl was dying in the hospital, and the doctor, being somewhat uh, negligent, thought that she could not hear what he said. And he said to her mother, Poor little child, her best days are over. But the little girl was able to hear, and she whispered, No, my best days are still to come. And if we trust Christ, our best days are still to come. As a matter of fact, it says, He who overcomes... I will grant to sit with me on my throne even as I overcame and sat with my father on his throne. And we will sing throughout all of the ages the glory and the hallelujahs of God as we give praise to the one who redeemed us, the one who is Lord, and the one who says, I am the resurrection and the life. Would you join me? as we pray. Our Father, we ask that your blessed Holy Spirit would take these words and apply them to those who sense that inner longing for the fulfillment of their dreams. Help them to see the wonder and the beauty of Jesus, the only qualified Savior who can reconcile us to God. And now I'm talking to the congregation that is present. If you here today have never trusted Christ, even at this moment in your heart, you can say, Jesus, I want you to be mine. I do not want you to go on by. Stay with me. Save me. Forgive me. And Father, because of your grace, we shall sing your praises forever. Help us to do it effectively. Amen.
My dear friend, this is Pastor Lutzer, and I believe that the Hallelujah Chorus is going to be sung in heaven, taken directly from Scripture, giving honor and glory to God. Now, we know today is Good Friday. Let me ask you a personal question. Where are you on your spiritual journey? This, of course, is the Easter season. It's Holy Week. Sunday, we speak about the resurrection of Jesus. We worship the risen Christ. Is your heart cold toward him? Have you walked away from the cross? Have you walked away from the resurrected Christ? This would be a great opportunity for you to reconnect with God and his people. Remember that Jesus is with us even as he was with the disciples on the way to Emmaus. And of course, as you think about Sunday and the celebration of the resurrection, take someone else with you to church. It's a great opportunity to invite your neighbors, your friends. You never know, they might want to come, for they too are looking for a message of hope. This ministry of Running to Win is dependent upon people just like you helping us make people, and help people, I should say, make it across the finish line. Here's what you can do if you would consider becoming an endurance partner, somebody who stands with us regularly with their gifts and their prayers. You can go to rtwoffer.com. That's rtwoffer.com. Click on the Endurance Partner button. There you'll find all the information that you need. Or you can call us at 1-888-218-9337. Don't let this Good Friday slip away from you without a time of self-examination preparing your heart for Resurrection Sunday and the glorious victory that we have in Jesus Christ our Lord. And remember, as I've already emphasized, take someone else with you to church where the people of God meet to celebrate the risen Lord. It's time again for you to ask Pastor Lutzer a question you may have about the Bible or the Christian life. When you say Bible, some feel only one translation qualifies to be called the Bible. Stephen listens to Running to Win and faces this dilemma. My father and brother are strict King James Version only and think anyone else who isn't is terribly wrong and liberal. If I were to tell them that I read and study other translations, they'd lose respect for me and treat me differently. I currently have to hide my other translations every time they come to visit. Should I confront them about this issue? And if so, how? Well, Stephen, ultimately I can't answer that question for you because only you know the dynamics of your father and brother and family and what kind of a situation would arise if you were to confront them. I think you should, but I mean, that's a judgment call that you need to make. Let me say this. There are those who believe that the King James is the only Bible we should use. I believe that they are very wrong. The King James, of course, goes back many centuries. It was a very good translation. It influenced uh, English literature. But at the same time, language changes. And translations are not inspired by God. Sometimes there is a much better way of saying something, particularly as language is in flux and you have new expressions. 
The King James Version of the Bible certainly served its generations, but we do live in a different age. Now, there's something else. There are many scholars who dedicate their lives to finding the most accurate manuscripts of the New Testament. By finding, I don't mean that they're out uh, looking for them. I mean that they have the hundreds and hundreds of manuscripts that we have, and they compare them, and they contrast them, and they do studies of them to find the very best manuscripts available. What is a good manuscript? It's a manuscript that, as far as possible, goes back to the original And so the text from which the King James was translated, most scholars today believe that we have improved the accuracy of the text through all of these many years of scholarship. That's one reason why we need new translations. There are minor changes, and I emphasize minor changes in the text. Furthermore, there are some very contemporary ways to say the same truth. You find this for example, if you have a more contemporary translation of the Bible. Now, I personally use uh, two or three different Bibles. Some are much more directly, uh, what shall I say, literal from the text. Others are paraphrases or uh, translations that are much more contemporary, and you can benefit from them all. I'm sorry that your brother and your father have made such a big issue of this. I would uh, ask you to be cautious and careful, but maybe at some time, after you've read a book on the subject, and there are many of the books that are out there that are good, after some time, maybe what you should do is to sit down with them and have a long talk. But that's your judgment, Stephen. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Lutzer. If you'd like to hear your question answered, you can. All you have to do is go to our website at rtwoffer.com and click there on Ask Pastor Lutzer. Or you can call us with a question at 1-888-218-9337. That's 1-888-218-9337. You can write to us at Running to Win, 1635 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60614. Running to Win is all about helping you find God's roadmap for your race of life. It's under attack on all sides. We're all affected. Next time, join us for a series on fighting for your family. This is Dave McAllister. Running to Win is sponsored by the Moody Church.